2: Hello, everyone. What is up? It is me, Ewan Patterson, and welcome to the What Culture Gaming podcast. Because I am joined today by Josh Brown and Hello. Ben Roy Turner. Hello there. Hello there. It's great. We're talking about Star Wars earlier on, but now we're going to be talking about <laughs> um, an interesting article that I read this week from the fine folks. Advice all about Sony's um, basically the most recent PlayStation update and what that's done to the PS3 and the PlayStation Vita. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself right now, why is what Culture Gaming talking about the PlayStation 3? Why is What Culture Gaming talking about the Vita? What they're not relevant anymore. I'll tell you right now, it is relevant because this article by Dia LaShina was incredibly interesting. They were talking about all sorts of stuff. I highly encourage you go check out the article if you can. We should have the link in the description or somewhere as well I'll tweet it out afterwards as well um but basically the new update that came out for the PlayStation, I believe it was this week, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it was this week or last week, Um, basically makes it impossible to buy PS3 and Vita games through the online PSN store that is separate to those consoles, with a little bit of context to this being that in the Vita's case, the PS store on that was already like at death's door, it wasn't working properly and stuff. Um, So the only way now you can do that is to go through that and the ps PSP games as well have also actually been removed. So, separate to the PS Vita, PSP games have also been removed from the web store. So, the only way to now buy a PSP game is to buy it through a PS3 or a PlayStation Vita, which obviously raises all sorts of interesting questions, you know, regarding um, planned obsolescence in particular, because we all know that this update has come out probably at a very deliberate time. You know, the PlayStation 5 is literally less than a month away. Sony, obviously, keen to promote their new product and obviously get people to invest in the shiny new machine that has all the shiny new games that obviously, you know, release for a full- recommended retail price of about 70 (laughs) dollars so there's all sorts of ethical quandaries that are coming along with this and all sorts of other interesting you know kind of questions it raises but i wanted to ask you guys first um is this dumb from sony why are they doing this
0: Um, I think it is if you are someone who loves like playing older games if you are a fan of games being as accessible as possible it is a kind of a, a dumb move certainly from a consumer perspective to get off these games to specific consoles because yeah even though a lot of people might just play PS3 games through their PS3 and use that store it doesn't make sense to me to, remo- to remove that functionality after the fact like if, if it was always the case though The online store never allowed you to buy PlayStation 3 games or Vita games or whatever like that would still be a bit iffy but it's the fact that they're taking that feature away in in kind of like this pursuit of prioritizing the new and the now in what's kind of flash in in unifying all of their different um, versions of the store into one that is sleek and efficient and runs Um, well at least for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 and it's just kind of like in response to what Microsoft's doing where they've they're out there and they're saying you know this is a box that can play all of your old games you've got a games pass service don't worry you will be um, tailored to maybe that's because we've got no exclusives but it doesn't matter really it's the fact that they're doing it and Sony is very much going look We're here to tick a box. We've got backwards compatibility for the PlayStation 4. We're going to introduce some older games, but we're not committed to doing this extensively. We're not committed to our past library. And you can see that in the courts of the executives. You can see that in the fact that Demon's Souls Remastered, which I'm genuinely looking forward to and I think looks great, but it's telling that that's one of the launch titles for the PlayStation 5, one of the big showcases, a remade version of a game that you can get or you could get very accessibly on the PlayStation 3 beforehand.
2: I mean you said the box then and now all I can think of is Batman Forever. Uh so <laughs> good job Brilliant. there, Josh. Um, Ben Roy what what do you think about this as someone who has posters of the Xbox men all over his wall what do you
1: think uh Phil Spencer and Don Matrick, shall I say but now I I can only at the moment you can think of Batman Forever I can only think of Box, that really bad Robbie Williams song (laughs) but um I digress and I'm gonna play devil's Devil's advocate a bit here and like kind of like not defense only but see trying to see from their point of view and like their store for example is I'm trying to think of words to say that I can sell the internet which aren't bad. Rubbish, just say rubbish <laughs> that
2: is a word that we yes.
1: can use. <laughs> and, um, so for example, if you were to search the words Resident Evil, for example, would you like to see 400 bits of DLC from Resident Evil Revelations 2? Yes, yeah, I know you would Ooh. because, and I so I see that they're doing this to clean it up a bit. What well, they should have done is rather than just axe it off and put it over the river and let it go of the waterfall and we all like pr- cry as it goes away and dies. We should have um they should have basically had a box which lets you tick which system. Mm-hmm. Simply like say if I search Resident Evil why I can even have Vita, PS3, PS4, PS5 rather than just binning all that off together. So I can see why from like a weird point of view they would do it. But yeah it's just it's so weird to just basically axe it off and go, nah, this is gone. It's kind of like because an app store, there's I've had a few games over the years, Resident Evil 4, for example, on the App Store, which I can't play anymore because that's just been deleted or it won't work on my version of the phone. I can't find it anywhere now. And there's some other things that have just gone forever. Things that I've paid money for, mm-hmm. and they're just sort of like dead. And I it's kind of like Apple and I think and this might have happened in Android where it's the these digital stores sort of moving in further on, and sort of like the weird licenses thing. But this is the real first time that we've had like a major cutoff where it's like now that we're actually severing this and i still don't know how i feel because like at the same time we need to preserve games the whole time but and they should like i i don't think there's any excuse for it on the website website for example like for you to go onto playstation.com and not be able to find a playstation 3 game there that is just that that just does seem like sneaky business tactics where they're just going now we want the new as you've been saying the new flashy thing and it's it's weird because I do think as we go on, as we all get older, as we go generations through, like um, we're only going to be cut off more, like Nintendo doing it with their um, e shops twice, always, I think for no reason. Like everyone rebuying those old games over and over again. And this, thankfully, this generation, we just get, I mean, we get given them, but they're within like the Nintendo subscription that sort mm-hmm. of like is like two 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 pounds every like century it feels like but yeah like nintendo have done this before where they've cut made hard cuts and now sony are doing it and i'm also like worried like why why they need to do it basically my ramble is coming to why they need to do it i can sort of see where it's come from but there's so many other ways like you could get around this
2: yes i mean i guess my my rebuttal to the idea that there are different ways to get around it is that it shouldn't be that needlessly complex and that when you look yeah. at you know you crunch the numbers this way, it's very obvious that Sony are doing this because you know, they stand to make more money from pushing people onto their newer products, they stand to make more money, like Josh mentioned earlier, from remasters than they would over, say, being able to spend like a fiver on the original Demon's Souls, whereas you can spend, you know, obviously it was a full remake, you know, there is a full new game, but equally it, it's easy to see how like the the cogs begin to turn and why this all actually happens and again one of the things that I thought was interesting because when I was younger and I was um you know, kind of getting really excited for the next generation of consoles. I originally had an Xbox and then I got very excited about the Xbox 360. I didn't really pay attention to the PlayStation 3 or anything to do with that because I was an Xbox kid and that's like what I wanted. So I got the Xbox 360 and I had no idea about the whole backwards compatibility scandal that plagued the PlayStation 3 when that launched and how it was, you know, shipped with the idea that you would have, you know, things be backwards compatible and then it wasn't. Um, and there was a really interesting point here where um, the article touched on a comment from Jim Ryan uh, a few years ago where he was talking about classic PS1 and PS2 titles well he basically asked that I'm slightly paraphrasing here but he did say he did describe those those games as ancient he said why would anyone anyone want to play something that looked so ancient and I think there's an interesting um kind of shift in messaging here because like you said you know we have we have talked about the fact that ps5 will have backwards compatibility with the playstation 4 and again i would argue that's more out of convenience's sake for sony because obviously when you launch a new console and it doesn't have that great a library it makes sense to be able to say well we're not going to segregate our player base if you are on playstation 4 and you want to play with the who's on playstation 5 we have these games that are you know um cross generation and work that way but Equally, it is a case right now where I'm just sort of like, um, you're looking at, at, at what they've got right now. They're not doing backwards compatibility out of like a a kind of the same way that Microsoft are doing it where they've been doing it for years now. It's more of a case of like, well, okay, this is a feature we kind of have to have. Otherwise people are going to get very annoyed. Uh, yeah. It doesn't feel like a genuine kind of attempt to, to say we are preserving a part of our history. This is part of PlayStation. You can do this. It definitely feels as though it's very selective and again as there's the you know technology technology kind of advances and the blurring of the lines between generational leaps gets more and more you know less clear cut um i'm kind of going somewhere with this i've completely lost my train of thought but the idea of like you know it's it's more of convenience's sake than out of an idea of empowering the player to then be able to go back and revisit those older beloved titles who, you know, if we're going to take Jim Ryan's sentiments here, you could argue that Sony are potentially quite contemptuous of, because they're not going to make them as much money as the newer games
0: yeah totally I mean when it comes to you know me, me and Scott have done like a bunch of news over the years in the run up to the PlayStation 5 about like the new patents that have been filed by Sony about making this kind of like legacy system by bringing back PlayStation 2 games, PlayStation 1 games, PlayStation 3 games to the system obviously that's not to come to fruition but a lot of fans put a lot of stock in those and hoped that the PlayStation 5 would introduce that level of backwards compatibility but you can't get away from the fact that comments like Jim Ryan's are constantly being made and when the headhunt Shows of Sony are saying, "Why would you even want to bother with these old games? Like it inherently lowers their value. And if they keep pushing, push, push, pushing <laughs> that message, pushing that message, this is a PG thirteen rated. Wow. show. Uh, if they keep pushing that message, like people start to believe it. You know what I mean? If that's the hard line, people who haven't experienced, um, you know." Accessing those old games like we have, you know, being a build or whatever, like people who are coming into this as their first console generation transition, like, will just buy that line. And that's how these things kind of like become solidified or whatever. And I do think you are right that. When it comes to Sony's managing of backwards compatibility, it very much does feel like they're doing it in response to the response that Microsoft got for theirs. I think that if five years ago or four years ago, or whatever, when Microsoft came out and said, we're putting backwards compatibility into the Xbox One after the fact, if that wasn't received so well, Games Pass wasn't received so well. There's not a chance in hell that Sony would be pushing pushing ahead with backwards compatibility for this generation in my eyes. But then I think at the same time, the fact that they're making any progress at all should kind of be... We should be a bit optimistic about it because it means we're being vocal enough that they have to listen you know what i mean and essentially we're forcing them to listen in one form or another and if we keep saying you know we, we we want to be able to access these games we want these games to live alongside the remakes and the remasters hopefully it gets to the point where they just kind of like have to listen to what the people want and have to adapt to the market and stuff like that i think it's you know, it's, it's really interesting because unlike movies where I always poo-poo the idea that remakes like replace the older games, I just don't think that's true. And I think they very much can live side by side. But I don't necessarily think that that's the case with video games just because mm. of how inaccessible a lot of those older titles are. You know, for instance, Resident Evil 2, the remake is an incredible game. It's a, it's a great achievement. It's a great reimagining of that title. But for a lot of people that really will just supplant the original because it's really hard to get hold of the original unless you have an original PlayStation 1 or you emulate it or something like that. Like it's really difficult to just pop in, find it on the store. If you want to buy it, you need to own the console and you need to find the version second hand, which to be honest in this day and age can be really expensive. Like that's a completely different set of circumstances than me going online going into Amazon, typing in Ghostbusters and just choosing whether or not I want to stream the remake of the original, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like that is a level of accessibility that the gaming industry is almost kind of actively trying to remove itself from because <clears throat> there is ultimately lots of money to be made in
1: replacing those older games with newer versions, you know? It's weird because I also don't think that a lot of that is totally it is it, i can see that i, I see the argument that they, they should probably they should have the ps3 stuff backwards compatible but they're also heading to the cell processor that they that they were trying to push on with and they basically caused themselves so much pain I, like, if even things down to like changing the name on PSN. Like, how long did it take them to finally get around to that? Doesn't
2: even work. It doesn't even work. They, they were like, they had the little like the fine print where like, oh yeah, yeah, you might, you can change your name, but be warned, you might blow up your PlayStation and lose your entire life's identity.
1: <laughs> it's it's there's always seems to be like, but one more thing, or sort of, sort, sort of like a reference to some of our British fans, like a Del Boy and Rodney sort of thing, like hammering some saying it onto the side. Like <laughs> with the backwards compatibility in PS3, they just stuck a PS2 in there. There. That's what it was. <laughs> it was just ah just get it in there, just get a PS2. That's what it was. It wasn't anything magic in the turducken just, of consoles. Yeah. <laughs> and and like with this, the cell processor, that is causing that's that's why we haven't seen so many other games just come over, or that we haven't seen the backwards compatibility stuff, because it's just too hard for them to work around. It's gonna take too long. Like I, 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 I think it's nothing's ever really too hard, but it's just the money and you don't see the return in it, and these are all businesses, but it's weird because, on the same thing, I don't know if I would ever see them like say, I don't know if I'm ever going to say that, oh, they should provide a way for us to play PS1 and PS2 games in a way. Because I don't know, for me, it just feels like it just feels like a totally different era. It's like asking like Ni- Nintendo to make the cartridges sort of like run these days in the way. I, I, there's just something in my brain that separates them two from the rest. Mm. When they're the PS1 classics on PS3, like stuff like that, that should be just over already and things like that anything digital purchased or anything that would have run on the ps3 without that ps2 jammed into it i think should carry on forward and microsoft like they've done a great job but let's be honest the first xbox really wasn't a generation it was like say 10 games and then a bunch of other stuff and the 360 is kind of where they started so they have they do have that sort of like Easier perception that sort of easier way to get through because they've got less to worry about they don't have to worry about like things in like 94 95 sort of thing running now they have to run more worry more about I say 2000 onwards and it it, But the same way I was thinking like yeah, like the video game sort of preservation where I don't know where it sort of comes from unless you want to call it the PC because we have metal gear come out recently on PC for the first time, I think officially. And I, now that game is going to live on officially, hopefully forever. Like, thank god because it should and so should resident evil 1 and resident evil 2 and that sort of thing but i think with them cases the originals capcom kind of want them to be forgotten about and die because they're also not kind of canon as much anymore because they've sort of Mm. been as josh said they've been replaced especially by just in canon also by the newer generation so it's it's always this like really weird quandary of like how do you do it and i don't know i like I'm no sort of like scientist, type, so I don't know how to do it. i just I am just spouting opinions as <laughs> I sort of like ramble through.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's 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 so interesting though because like it's something that I've never really I've never worried about as a as a player, even though there have been multiple times where I've realised I'm not going to be able to eventually play. Like you know, I again I made the generational leap. From Xbox to PlayStation with the PlayStation Four, um, I have an entire library of games at my parents' house in like the northwest, where I won't be able to access them for for ages. Because on one hand, I own my classic Xbox; it still works. It still poodles along every time I visit, and I'll fire it up and I'll get the little like lava lamp loading screen. And it'll work fine. But the Xbox 360, I don't know whether that thing was made of like bits of tweed and like low-grade plutonium or whatever. But that thing is like I just I. I'm, I worry that a lot of these the the, the, the hardware has uh, has gotten a little bit more volatile and is less you know i mean again i'm not a retro gamer so i don't know what it's like to own an n64 or like uh, an NES or whatever i'm making a lot of people feel old in this podcast i feel
1: <laughs> I have an um, just back there somewhere yeah
2: i mean again i don't know how those that that hardware is maintained over a period of time but i do think it's an interesting point that we haven't really ever talked about um video game cataloging or preservation as an industry really Uh, even as things have become more digitized as opposed to film where you know preservation and cataloging has you know kind of been imbued in that medium for decades now and you know i think there's similar conversations happening with music as well people who own like cassette tapes and stuff a lot of those are beginning to kind of erode now and obviously you know i think the same thing will happen eventually with a lot of the the you know the physical media that we own and the lack of cataloging like you said i think it's because you raised a very important important point there josh about the fact that these companies are willing to replace a lot of these older titles and they're content to have something that's released 20 years on and again i think it it speaks to a a, maybe a lack of long-term vision and just um, that kind of that, that sense of immediacy. They, they're really kind of focused on that idea of getting that instant gratification of being like, well, what th- what can we sell next? Let's not worry about the long term implications. Let's just keep going and going and going. And that sucks for people who collect video games. It sucks for people who want to um, make sure that games continue to be accessible. And again, I thought that was one of the most interesting points that was brought up in you know in the article. Um, they mentioned here, I'm just going to read out a direct quote, um, they said that these games will continue existing unaltered until the last PS3 dies beyond repair and the Blu-rays erode Beyond Salvation without Sony taking a vested interest and a firm commitment towards backwards compatibility, preservation, and allowing consumers access to these games. The best we can hope for is the work of emulator developers and the people who create ROMs and ISOs outside of approved channels to maintain even some semblance of what these games were. And they also bring up in the article as well, it's like, well, if these games are gonna be, you know, these, these classic titles are gonna be less and less accessible, um, where will they be able to be, you know, kind of where will they crop up? Will you have to go to a museum to play, I don't know, Donkey Kong, the original Donkey Kong Country? Where will you have to go to play like, you know, the original Halo or whatever? It's just an interesting, obviously, you know, we have the remastered and the remakes and stuff, but it's just, again, it's, it's interesting to me that the industry collectively has not really had this conversation specifically for the generations going on from the 2000s. I, I think,
1: think it's, it's- Sorry Ben, right Bill? I just I think it's interesting because back when Nintendo were in the game, they ruled the world and it was cartridges and Sega was trying to get involved. Got games consoles weren't seen as like almost a media unit. A media unit, sorry. They were just toys and they, oh. they were a toy company and the idea was that they were a toy, you have it for a few years, get rid of it, get the new one because we want to sell the new thing, because they're the mindset of a toy company. Whereas now like we've entered this current generation onto the next. Now I think I don't know about Nintendo. They're just doing whatever. There's no chance you're playing Donkey Kong Country in a museum because Nintendo will send Reggie along and he'll knock <laughs> you out for all that. <laughs> but with, um, but with, these, with Xbox and uh, PlayStation, especially I think with this current generation and the next and more so with Xbox and the last one, now they're, they're thinking of it more as a media sort of company for at least pretty much this entire generation onto the next, you can keep your purchase and, and move on. So I think we're taking the step in the right direction, but yeah, it's just, it's just the problem with the older stuff, which was seen just officially just like toys that they were the toys that we were selling to the kids and trying to crank out new things as fast as we could sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like really conflicted on this whole topic, to be honest, because on the one hand, I do think in some ways we are getting better. You know what I mean? Like I said, Microsoft is obviously pushing for this whole kind of like revolution and having these games be accessible and also making them play better than ever. They're not like remastered or remade but you get you know the games running in higher frame rates, you get the games running in high resolution, auto HDR and stuff like that and then you do have Sony you know even if they are taking away the ability to directly buy PS3 games on the store they also have a lot of PS3 games that you can play on PlayStation now so they do have like this system in place to potentially replace the old system if it's good enough, I don't think it is, but they are doing kind of something. And I, 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 although I really did love the article and found it really interesting, I think the the author mentioned that one of the only reasons Sony might be doing this whole backwards compatibility thing for PlayStation 4 is because they don't have a great launch lineup, which I don't totally agree with because in 2021, we're going to get like God of War, Horizon. Yeah. You know, we've got Spider, we've got Demon's Souls this year. Like that's much, much better than what we got at PS4 at launch. So I do think they... They are doing it because of kind of like consumer pushback, or whatever. But at the same time, like we've got Sony doing this, then also taking away the functionality from the website. We've got Nintendo just absolutely just tearing up and being the worst in getting away for it by releasing a bunch of games now for a limited time and then taking them off sale in March next year for we would no buy reason. That.
1: For no reason. That. For
2: Dude, why do they keep saying it? Why do they keep
0: saying that they're going to do it? Even if they're going to re-release them at some point in the future. The fact that they're drumming up this false scarcity for digital games that are going to be arbitrarily taken off, off the stall before the end of the next fiscal year. It's like, like, that is so anti-consumer and they can get away with it because these conversations, you know, I'm not saying we're going to change anything by this podcast, but you know, these conversations <laughs> on an executive level on a kind of you know publisher um you know ceo level like they just aren't happening because like we said at the beginning there's just not much money to be made in it if there's not much money to be made in it and if people don't really care because they're not buying it then they're ultimately going to just let it they're going to like ride it out continue to make money and then just deflect any potential pushback because Ultimately, I do think they are in the business of replacing things and focusing on the now. And like Ben Roy said, they're almost viewing their back back catalogue as outdated, kind of like toys that they're more than happy and content to put them in the cupboard and not play with them until someone goes rummaging around in there, specifically looking for it. And then they can have it, but you have to take down all the boxes, you have to rummage through, you have to find out the different parts and plug it together.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess the other thing to do with this is that obviously over the last console generation, we have seen more attention turn to classic games and older games with, you know, the rise of remasters and remakes and whatever. And I have found myself recently really wanting to kind of not retreat into my old games library but i've certainly been coveting it from afar for like quite a while now um so i guess that's you know it's not it's not a slight against any of the 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 new games that obviously i'm not i'm not going to come around now and just be like oh games today suck because that's not (laughs) what i think um but equally Um, when you have ground several hours into the Marvel's Avengers game to see the numbers go up and you're like wow I remember when I was like seven and I had Simpsons hit and run and it was a great time but I can't find it anywhere now that's that's good that's really good so that's kind of where I am right now I'm kind of I'm, I'm annoyed that maybe there's some sort of hidden hidden knowledge hidden sort of like knowing glance in the industry right now where they're denying us the opportunity to go back and revisit and access these experiences more easily because they're secretly all aware that maybe, just maybe, like they don't value it because they can't monetize it in a long-term way and i'm sure you know whatever in five years time maybe ea will finally wake up and do a simpsons hit and run remake or remaster and i will of course lay down my entire soul and wallet for that game because i i I desperately want it but again equally you know i do think it's interesting that we are having this conversation as more and more even though you know as we are looking forward to the new generation and all the new experiences that are coming from it and it is a very exciting time to be invested in this industry industry and medium i do think as a whole and again this might just be because the people i hang out with and people our age you know we we're now kind of getting that nostalgic sentiment of wanting to go dive back into all the games again that might just be an age thing because i'm sure that when i was growing up playing video games there were probably people who were like 10 15 years older than me who grew up playing you know the original Sonic and Mario and stuff, who were desperate to play more of those classic experiences. But again, it's just something that's kind of, I've noticed more and more recently. Um, So I don't know how you reconcile all of that with the moves that these publishers and games companies are currently making, if that makes sense.
0: I I think uh, totally, man. Like, yeah, I think it's, It comes with, like, perception as well and, like, how the players view, like, these older games. Because I'm right with you. Like, I've been playing so many older games and I never used to do that. Like, even up until about two years ago or something, I would never go back to older games, really, or replay games that I'd already played to an extent. But now, you know, I'm going through entire franchises. And I do have services like PlayStation now for that. But also, I wish there was more. I wish there was better ways to play those games because streaming them over an emulator or whatever, isn't ideal, especially if your internet starts conking out. And I just, I just wish they were treated with a little bit more respect and could sit alongside, you know, um, their remakes or remasters and stuff. I do think we're thankfully getting away from, um, them just kind of like selling these half-assed parts like you know we had prototype or marvel ultimate alliance and stuff that were wildly expensive 25 quid for limited. marvel ultimate
2: alliance you bet your sweet bippy Ridiculous, i paid full dude. full full <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bill for that
2: you know, Where's, you, where's
1: X-Men Legends though? I don't care about that yeah, No, uh, It's gone It doesn't exist You've got to go
0: by And play that on PlayStation 2 I've got a copy of that <laughs> Over there somewhere
1: it's really I mean, good. If you want to be Kane Clay- and Lynch Is down there by the way Nah I'm alright yeah. mate I think I'm, <laughs> think I'm
0: okay I don't even right, It's just as a final thing as a final rambling thing You know I'm sure a lot of people Would be like Look if you want to play all These games Just get out your old console Get out your old games Plug it into the telly But let me tell you In 2020 the real estate under my TV is incredibly limited, right? In the PlayStation 5 is taller than a skyscraper. And yes, this is a very much uh, first world problem whatever. But how can I have a PlayStation 1, a PlayStation 2, a PlayStation 3, and a PS5 <laughs> hooked up to one single TV in a one-bedroom flat? Tell me
1: that, guys. You spend, Tell me that. You spend over a, a grand and a half on a big TV unit. Like, you, <laughs> I'm briefly there because like. a <laughs> Back there, look at that table. There's an Xbox on a, a box of Monopoly down there because I just <laughs> haven't even bothered to... the Monopoly end. box? Yeah, no, Lord of the Rings Monopoly. <laughs> Other Monopolies are available, but I don't know why you do that. And then the PlayStation 4 is over there somewhere and the Switch switches behind the TV. Like, I'm, I don't, I'm really scared. Like, do I just... Like, I don't want to spend, like, £100 pounds for four... Which essentially will be four bits of wood to fill all these things in. But then, like, yeah, what do you do sort of thing? And, like... Yeah the, the n64 is in the cupboard and the wii is in a bag somewhere like i don't know why <laughs> the wii like, bag <laughs> i think it's like kind of like a haunted item where i, I was unpacking it just there i was like we, i left you in sussex what are you doing here <laughs> but um, no, I'm like we're having a laugh about it here we're having
0: a we're having an old yeah. hearty giggle about it but like the fact <laughs> of the matter is i think it does tap into an interesting point that collecting these older games is becoming a sort of a luxury thing to do because some of the older games, they're not cheap to get. If you try to get an original copy of Final Fantasy VII or Metal Gear Solid 1 in like a secondhand store, you're looking at quite a lot of money, not to mention buying the consoles, buying the things, buying the adapters to make them work on modern TV. The parts to repair them?
2: The parts to repair
0: them? them, the controllers for them, you know, all of this stuff does add up ultimately and the fact that gaming license aren't licenses aren't renewed so you can't get you know spider-man games or old marvel games you know directly from the source you need to play you need to pay an inflated price for them after the fact like it becomes a kind of luxury hobby in that sense and then locks even more people out of it you know what i mean like we fortunately at least have some you know extra money to be able to spend on it but like A lot of people don't. And at what point do you just sort of reach your limit and decide this is too much hassle. This is too much work. I'm just gonna buy Resident Evil 2 Remake and just look online and see what other people who remember playing the original have
2: to say about it, you know what I mean? (laughs) <laughs> to impress Ben Roy when he's asking you yes. he didn't play the original Resident Evil I haven't played either lads so I'm the, the biggest pariah right now I think go on I mean, like, track it down you track down a PS1 can <laughs> get Resident Evil 2 <laughs>
1: can I ask you both a question though because as we get into this and I think of like so like how do we play our old PS2 games how do you play hit, hit and run what do you think about it when you sort of have like say media on a VHS compared to a DVD like how different do you think that sort of thing is there because obviously like, it's hard harder to if you had all your stuff on vhs it's like it's harder mm. to get things no because obviously it's you can still kind of plug it into a tv with a few adapters these days but it, it's it's also weird like how do we keep all this media because like you think about it a book's a book and it's book's going to be there f- as long as it doesn't get eaten or rot or molded <laughs> like that sort of thing whereas like all these sort of things eventually wall a road away and, and like perish so it's it's i always think about that like as you said, like it's harder to stick find a console, stick it in, or replace it. Like I could just type on like Google Play Glover now, which I won't because it's illegal. Like I have a copy of it over there, so it's fine. But with like say <laughs> older films, how do you feel about when you had to buy all your films again on vid- DVD and then all again on Blu-ray sort of <laughs> Is that sort of the is that sort of akin to the store?
2: I mean, I think I might have a little bit of privilege here because I was when I was young and I was getting videos and DVDs. I didn't get them; my parents bought them. <laughs> and then when I was uh, a, a, a bright bushy young lad who turned the age of eighteen, I started getting my own Blu-ray. So it's like oh. you know, it, I think it. I think it. I, I totally. I agree to an extent, but only. But less so because I think these other things there is there is less um, there's less of a divide between the different platforms. Um, so like it's a case of like you're not going to need like it's it's a disc at the end of the day, and there are so many different devices that can play that disc. So that's that's like the big kind of the the lack of barrier there. Obviously, there are films that are hard to track down, and you know like uh, that are completely out of print or whatever, and there are region locks and stuff like that. But I definitely don't think it's on the same level as gaming i don't know what you think josh
0: yeah i think i'm more or less the same you know i don't want to make a direct one-to-one comparison but i think when you go from like vhs to dvd to blu-ray or whatever like fundamentally like the experience more or less stays the same it's the same movie kind of like just with with not even a few more bells and whistles it's just you know cleaner the colors are better it's sharper the image is better the higher resolution and stuff i think it's 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 like it's an option at that point. Like yeah, you can. You can like get the DVD version of a movie but you're going to be happy with the um, VHS you're not like forced or locked out of it
2: I have the perfect analogy for this right now it would be like if say you really liked Alfred Hitchcock's 1960 classic Psycho right? (laughs) You absolutely loved the crap out of Psycho which you should do because it's a great film but then the new piece of hardware comes out and then suddenly uh, Universal Pictures or whoever is it Paramount Universal? I don't know who owns Psycho. Suddenly they're they're like well i'm sorry mate uh the the only psycho we acknowledge in this house is the uh psycho remake and then suddenly over time the only remake the only version of psycho you can get is a psycho remake that's kind of where am i right there am i thinking that's like a similar comparison (laughs) i'm gonna
0: go one step further ewan and use the star wars special editions as a comparison right because you can have the Star Wars special editions now you can have that version on dvd which i'm going to compare to the remark to the remade version (laughs) of resident evil you know what i mean like okay Resident Evil's probably better, but you've got Resident Evil as the probably Star Wars better. Special Editions, and you can, you can track down the VHS version of the original Star Wars and buy a VHS and buy a CRT TV or whatever, just like you can track down the original version of Resident Evil 2, you can buy a PlayStation 1, you can buy a TV that works for it, but it's not, it's not ideal, is it? It's not an no. ideal situation to be in. You want to be able to just go on Amazon or whatever and click a rent button and be able to have that version accessible without all of those hoops you have to jump through. i think ultimately that's what it is you know like it's not the complete end of the world i don't think that sony's removing these games from the desktop version of the storefront but it's totally unnecessary and it adds more hoops and it's not progression at least in my eyes yeah that's
1: I was going to say that's day, they shouldn't have done that like I can understand maybe deselecting it and having a tick box back for that sort of thing but totally removing it just sense, just smells like nah this is going away it's like they've been trying to kill the Vita for how many years now I think <laughs> some people that are watching us now were probably born before, like as the Vita was around and certainly been trying to kill the Vita as long as they have existed on this earth like they just won't go nah go away it's dead they, they just keep letting it struggle along and now they're just like a, they've just cut off the like the oxygen system and it's floating away The space like you're gonna choke out eventually you're gonna die but until then like we have to just wait and watch it
2: suffer well we've got absolutely wrap this up now i do encourage everyone to go check out the article on vice it is called the ps3 and vita are being buried alive and that was by dear lucina so go check that out but yeah this has been the what culture gaming podcast thank you all for joining us Uh, obviously i've been joined by my host ben roy turner who you can follow on twitter at
1: at ben roy turner
2: you can follow josh brown on twitter at
1: Josh Brune with two O's.
2: And you can follow me if you so desire on Twitter at you and Things. That is all for now, though. Thank you again for watching or listening wherever you are. And I hope you have a great day. And we'll see you next time. Bye.
1: You're all pretty Bye. good.
2: The sun's in my eye now. It's, I um, love it, mate. Oh, it's, it's like oh. you look like you're ascending. It's good.
0: Mm.